Hey guys, and welcome to Untethered with Low. My name is Lauren Calloway, and I am your host. Uh, many of you know I am a digital marketer, a web developer, uh, event planner, a yogi, a women's circle facilitator, and eventually your future president. And so today I have Brian with me. Brian, would you like to say hello and introduce yourself? I like your introduction. Eventually, our future president. Thank you very much, Lauren, for having me. My name is Brian K. McNeil, and I am the sales confidence coach. I'm the king of the conference rooms, and I'm the entrepreneur sales manager. But I'm also the founder of an organization called MEN, Male Empowerment Networks. I've had that going since August of 2013. And I'm a father and I'm a husband and I'm a grandfather. And um, life has taught me some things. This white stuff on my face is not cotton. I attribute <laughs> that to wisdom. And uh, I'm also a multi-time author. And I'm super excited that Lauren has given me an opportunity to showcase my latest book. And yeah. go ahead. First and foremost, just love the men's work. Um, love mm -hmm. the men's work because I'm deeply embedded into the women's community myself. Um, and then I must be getting a lot of wisdom because <laughs> the little grades are coming. <laughs> My dad, God rest his soul, who passed away this last year, uh, you know, one day he goes, You got a lot of grades coming out. Just look at him like, Okay, that's enough. <laughs> So, don't say no more, Dad. <laughs> you ain't even got a man. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, I love it. So, um, um, Brian's here today. Talk about his latest book, and I'm actually really excited to hear about it. And eventually, when my copy gets in, to read it as well. And so, Brian, you want to go ahead and open us up? I do. I do. Thank you. This book is called. Um, it's called Nine Three Two, the nine most important words the three most important skills, and the two most important questions. Mm. It's written by this guy here, Mr. Randall the Rhino, and he's actually talking to his nine-year-old daughter. Wow. And he's wanting her to be happy and successful for her life. So he wants to teach her the things that he believes she needs to know. And actually, he's at, this is actually the third book where I feature him. I've written six books. Wow. The first book where I feature him was called Why Rhinos Make Great Salespeople. And then I wrote... <laughs> why rhinos make great entrepreneurs. But this book here, I consider my magnus opus, oh, my great work. But the nine most important words, words like courage is the first word that's listed. And there's a whole chapter and he's explaining to his daughter how so much of her happiness or sadness is based upon her own courage. Mm. Courage and words like love and faith and the power of the word no. Learning about these things. Uh, I'm so excited. I got a, a testimonial just last night. If I have time, I'd like to share it with you. Okay. Last night, a lady sent me this and she said her daughter sent her this. She says, Ma, that book you gave Yoni 932 is awesome. She sat there and read the first chap five chapters to us. We discussed between each chapter. So she'll be calling you tomorrow to discuss. I said, great. Who's Yoni? How old is she? Yoni is nine. Wow. This is a grandmother that gave this book to her daughter to share with her granddaughter. Wow. But that the nine most important words and then the three most important skills, things like the ability to communicate, the ability to lead, mm -hmm. and then the two most important questions like, why are you here specifically? Mm 
Mm. You know, what are you here to do? Who are you here to serve? Those kinds of things. And it's done in a loving father's voice, teaching. And, and, and I know I wrote it for an age range of six to 16, but I even have people five years old, the parents tell me how much their children enjoy the book. Yeah. And I do want to share this book with the world. This is the one book I've written that I really want in school systems. Mm. We dedicated this book to educators. So as I told you before, everyone that purchased this book through either of our sites, we donate a copy to an educator. So you buy one, we donate one. So that. that's the book. I mm-hmm. love that so much. And so Me too. let's, let's kind of crack the book open. And why don't you pick out one of your favorite words um, out of, I know they're all important, but out of the the nine, it was nine? Yes. Uh, yes. Out of the nine, let's pick one or two and let's just talk about like our perspectives on them. Okay. All right. So after the fall with the dedication and the preface, the words are things like, uh, how about we do it this way? How about I list the, the nine words and you pick one that you like? Okay. All right. Words like uh, courage is one, love, faith, goals, discipline, money, no, yes, and imagination. Um, let's start with faith. Let's start there. Let's do faith. Um, that's on chapter nine, page nine. Let's go to faith. Okay. Faith, chapter four, actually, and then I also have uh, quotes famous people on top. But the quote I chose for this chapter is a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King. It says, faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. So the chapter reads, faith is the word that can... Now, again, this is a father talking to his daughter. Faith is a word that can sometimes be a little hard to understand, but it's very important. Faith means that you believe in something, even if you can't see it or touch it. It's like believing in the wind, even though you can't see it. You know it's there because you can feel it on your face. You can see the leaves moving. Most people have faith in a higher power like God. They believe even though they can't see God, they know he's there watching over them. And having faith can make people feel comforted and safe like they're not alone in the world. Faith is also important because it helps us to have hope. And hope means that we believe things will get better even if they're not great right now. When we have faith, we know that things will work out in the end, even if we don't know how. Sometimes having faith can be hard. We might not understand why things are happening or why we're facing challenges, but having faith can give us the strength to keep going and to believe that things will get better. So faith is a very important word because it helps us to believe in things that we can't always see or touch. It gives us hope. It helps us feel safe and comforted, even though it's hard to have faith sometimes. It's something that can help us get through times and believe that things will get better. You know, as I was reading that chapter, that's the whole chapter. As I was reading that chapter to you, I was thinking about the young lady I was introduced to last night, Noni. She's nine. And she said her parents said she read the first five chapters to them, mom and dad. So I know she read this chapter out loud and it kind of warms me even more. I love that. And I think, you know, what I'm noticing with a lot of people uh, lately is they they start to worry, right? They start to worry that they're not doing enough. 
you know, they're not investing enough time into all the projects and things that they want to do. Um, and what kind of I've been trying to talk them through is just like having that faith that you're pouring into everything um, in the right amount that it's all going to work out for you. Um, I even know with my own personal life, like what I have going on, you know, I've had a, three deaths within within a year, a change mm-hmm. in transition with partnership and salaries and um, you know, just like a lot of growth in weird ways and positive ways. And, um, and, you know, my friends always ask like, how, how are you constantly just like, okay. And it's like, well, I just have faith that it's going to be all right, that all this is working for me, um, at the end of the day. And maybe it's not monetary all the time. Maybe it is just growth in my spirit to strengthen, you know, my soul and my connection to God, but ultimately, you know, just having that faith that everything will be just fine. And I loved everything in that segment because it is like, you don't faith is knowing that you don't see the path. You don't see the whole path, but you know, mm-hmm. that you're headed down it. And, um, right. I just want to encourage more people to have more faith in themselves and their abilities and that God is always going to bless them with everything that they need in order to succeed. And so I, um, I love that. Well, you know, um, as a believer and I'm an, I am a believer, um, we have the basic instructions before leaving earth, the Bible. And we know the punchline of the whole Bible is that believers always win. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the I mean, you might be persecuted, you might be going through some challenging times, but those that hold on to the belief, they always win. They do. Okay, every time they might wander the wilderness for 40 yet 40 days, but eventually they find the land of milk and honey. Okay, uh-huh. they find it, okay, because believers always win. It's interesting to me that of, of the, the chapters I named, of the nine words I named, you lit on faith first. Yeah. That's beautiful to me. Well, my whole life, uh, even though I was an atheist at a very young age after losing my brother and experiencing just like a lot of the crazy things, even when I didn't believe in God, there was still this odd amount of faith in me. And it was a deep, um, deep determination and strength that I couldn't understand myself. Um, And as I grew into my spiritual practice and then eventually really turned full circle to God, I just realized that I had always had faith in just the higher power. And um, whether I wanted to admit it was God or not, I just, there was always there. And in that faith, uh, I always had it in everything that I am and have done and will do because, you know, I just trust and believe every moment of the day that, you know, I'm that the circumstances are are a benefit to me, um, whether they're super comfortable or not. And so uh, I know where I'm at right now is in this deep, deep faith uh, incubator with God, where I've been asking God to just draw me in, draw me in, draw me in. And that requires more faith because you're tested a lot more. You're shown a lot. Well, more. Yeah. You're asking for it too. Yeah, you yeah. know, if you want to increase your faith, he's going to give you opportunities yeah. to strengthen your face. Faith, excuse me. I love that about you there, my sister. It's been a you big, know, um, go ahead. No, it's just, it's been a big thing these last few weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Diving into that, that core belief of faith. So, you know, um, there's uh I, I I really believe that everyone believes whether they think they believe or not, because if they're in a dangerous situation or an accident about to happen or if their child is in peril, they call out to God. Oh, my God. You know, something like that. 
I, I, one of the things that tickles me a lot on YouTube, there's these, there's this prank. It's called the Bushman prank, where this guy sits in a flower pot and as people are walking, he's dressed like foliage. And as people walk by, he jumps up or reaches out to them. And it's just amazing to me how many people are afraid <laughs> and how many of them scream. <laughs> Why do they naturally, when they're afraid, call out to God? Yeah. Because I think it's innate in us. Yeah. Now, it's funny to watch all the responses. Jesus. Oh, my God. All of that. <laughs> but that's what people do. <laughs> and I love what you just said. Um, yeah. When people get in that space of uncomfortability, who the, who do they call out for the most? Yeah. Um, and whether they want to acknowledge that they're actually calling out for God and Jesus itself, or they are, you know? And so, and like you said, it seems to be innately deep within us to um, just go that route. And so that's like a great eye opener and reminder for me that, you know, even through all my times when I didn't believe, I probably subconsciously just knew deep within me that I did. And I just wasn't, I wasn't ready to fully awaken up and receive. And that's also God's discernment and will for me as well is to be on that path. So that way, when I got here in this, in this being deeply in love with God, that I would be really committed and devoted to my practice and my walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. so. It takes a lot of confidence to be for the view to be get that transparent. For you to be sitting, willing to sit here and admit that at one time you weren't a believer, mm -hmm. but as you grew, you became a believer. That takes a lot of transparency, which to me, you know, it takes a certain amount of courage and confidence to be that transparent because you open yourself up to take, you know, you. I can tell you're a confident person if you're willing to tell that story. That's amazing. So I appreciate that about you. Of course. Yeah. I have to say that uh, God made me very strong, strong headed, strong willed, uh, strong bodied. And um, and I always tell people that if God turned me into a believer, especially because I'm more science oriented growing up, I wanted to, I studied aerospace in school. And so love science, love mechanics. Um, uh, and I say to everyone, if if he turned me, I promise you there's a God because I'm not easy. Uh, I'm not very easy target. And so I do know that um, I've experienced the greatness of God and I've felt the presence and I've seen I've been gifted with the gift of vision and healing and discernment and wisdom. And, um, you know, I know that uh, I'm still growing in my faith and I'm still learning so much. But what I do know that is that I do love God and that I'm grateful for the journey that I've been on in my life to bring me here to be this confident in, in knowing that. There yes, yes. Being grateful for that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so you and your your um your your ability to share a word, your ability to discern a word, you could be tremendously helpful to me and to anyone who comes along your path. Um, it is my mission to 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 promote this book. Yeah. You no, know, and I suspect your ideas could be helpful, but I do believe nine three two. If you believe that the rearing of our children is important. Mm -hmm. For all of those who believe that it's important, I am personally not a fan of the educational system okay. that, that I went through. I mean, I spent so much time learning about nonsense. Okay. Yeah. But if you ask any a group of adults what things they didn't teach you in school that you wish they had, then you can get a great list. Things like 
how to handle money, how to buy a home, how to have a healthy relationship, how to take care of our bodies, how to properly eat. Things they don't teach you in school, but you yeah. wish they did. Okay. How to handle taxes, how to handle credit. Things they don't teach you in school, but you wish they did. And there's a whole lot more. Yeah. And 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 schools don't they still don't teach you stuff you need and they don't teach anything character-based. No. This book, I believe, boosts character and curiosity and confidence. Yeah. It's called 932. And I didn't send it to you ahead of time. I don't think I did anyway. My link where they could get it. Yes, I will have all of that um, okay, good. In, in the thing. And then when I reshare on my socials, um, it will be there as well. Um, so that way they can connect with you and with the book. And uh, one of the biggest reasons I want to Brian on, one, because I love having authors on. I think um, you know, everybody's story <laughs> is important. Um, but for those of uh, those of you who know me, obviously my goal is to be president of the United States. But one of the stepping stones to get there would like to reform the education system entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of the said reasons you've already stated and um, it's hard you know I say education is my biggest reform and it's education not just for kids but for adults and you know that most people won't like to hear this but America is not as educated as many people like to think and it's because they want us to be this way and I think it's important that more people take their knowledge, their wisdom and invest it in each other and share and care anything that they've learned but just making sure us as a whole society is educated on all those things you said. And yes. character is such a big one, especially as we move into this digital world where, you know, social media, the life and, you know, character, we still need to stay authentic and be real and be present and be honest about who we are and, and what we're doing in our day to day. And, and so well, I think it was deliberate. I mean, I've done yeah. quite a bit of study and quite a bit of writing on our education system our banking systems, our court system, our polices. I've done a lot of research and I've written many, many articles on it. But really the education system we have was they were trying to create workers, employees, okay? They wanted to teach the kids how to behave in class and how to be good employees. And they, um, um, what do you call the word when they, when they put out um, information? They get propagandized. They propagandized. The idea was to grow up and go to college, which equals getting into debt and to buying a mortgage, which equals getting into debt and to getting a car on finance, which equals getting into debt. <laughs> so they wanted to train people on how to be good workers and how to stay at companies for a long time. And this was a relatively small amount of adults who decided this is what we're going to do. Yeah. The Rockefellers, the Carnegies, the Pete or JP Morgans, those kinds of people. And that's what they did. Yeah. And now we're waking up. I it's my hope. I want to partner with, link arms with other people who want to raise a generation of entrepreneurs. We used to be entrepreneurs before the around the turn of the around the 1900s. Everyone wanted their own farm, wanted to be agricultural or yeah. build their own stuff. Everyone was entrepreneurial. But I want to get back to that. Um, the Supreme Court decision a couple of weeks ago to no longer allow race to be used as admissions has really, really bothered me so much. So my solution is that we raise entrepreneurs and send our children to HBCUs when they want our education. But I want to I want all it's my hope and dream that all of my children and I got six of them. OK, okay. I got seven <laughs> grand that my children are all adults grown and gone, but. You know, but uh, I want to I want them all to figure out a way 
to earn based upon their own unique collection of gift skills and talents. And that's what I want everyone to do. I don't knock people with jobs, but I want you to use your job to finance the use of your gift skills and talents, your unique collection to earn money on your own. That's part of my ministry. I love that. And kind of like you said, you know, the, um, they wanted to destroy the farming industry so they could take over it and yeah. people into the revolu revolutionary war, the industrial war, which we failed at, uh, mm -hmm. and then create these drones. And now we're living in a society of lack. And, um, mm -hmm. and kind of like you said, you know, we all have talents. And even if your talent is a trade, you know, of creating something there, you can maximize on that talent. Um, yep. maybe in the open market. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe you work for a company while you're building out, as we call it, side hustling to get mm -hmm. going. But ultimately, at some point, I don't know if these corporations are going to be able to have any employees, especially the big dogs that have been hurting so many people year after year laying off. Well, they'll have to treat them different. Yeah. They'll have to respect them more. The question have is, to... are they going to be able to handle that? You know, are they going to have to or lose them? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Bible says the poor will be with us always. Okay, no one gets rich working for someone else. Okay, the ways to get rich is through your own business and real estate and investing. That's it. But your own business is the most popular way, owning something that you can control. Okay, and that's the that's what we all have access to. You know, people can become a millionaire by being a barber or a landscaper. I knew a guy uh, at my former church in Raleigh, North Carolina, when I used to live there, started out with just his lawnmower and a couple of neighbor yards. Now this dude has got 12 teams of people cutting yards and he's a millionaire landscaper, okay? 12 teams doing it all over the city. He's got so much business coming in, he's able to be benevolent. A single mom who can't afford it, he'll still keep her grass cut. He'll keep it cut for those people, whether they can afford to pay him or not, because he knew what he came from. So... It's, it's just, a you know, whatever your gift, skill, or talent is, you you honor God by doing the best you can with it. You know, that parable of the talents is in three books, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Man gave this one man four, five talents, another man two talents, one man one talent. The first two took their talents and used that money to buy more stuff and make more money. And one guy hid their talent in the ground, and the one that hid their talent was banished. Mm -hmm. You get out of here, you lazy and wicked servant. You didn't do anything with your talent. You're going to be banished into the outer courts where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Those of you who do something with your talents, you're welcome into the courts where there's going to be feasting, okay? You're supposed to do something with your talents. The Bible is clear on that. Well, I love that 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 reminder to keep on keeping on and keep shining mm -hmm. our bright lights. And, um, you know, you know, a lot of people don't do it because they lack confidence and fear that people are going to judge them and not respect them or talk down on them. And so, you know, may we encourage everyone just to shine the bright light and understand mm -hmm. that you're always protected. And if people come for you, I mean, just let them at the end of the day, don't let it be what bursts your bubble. I think um, that's a big thing for me as people are like, you always do a lot. And are you ever worried about the haters? And I'm like, I don't care enough. Well, There's a mindset difference between rich mindset and poor mindset. A rich mindset understands the importance of promotion and selling of yourself. Okay. there. I mean, it's the, the adage, it's a poor frog who won't praise his own pond. The poor mindset um, doesn't want to sell or promote at all. 
Okay. Who plays the lottery? Rich people or poor people? Okay. Yeah. Rich people believe, yeah. Rich people believe that the life that they have, they get to create. Yeah. Okay. You have to promote yourself. I read, I mean, I studied Warren Buffett just today about that. You have to promote, and there's a classic book from T. Harv Ecker called The Millionaire Mind. Mm. Okay. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. And it talks about that. You have to be willing to promote yourself. You gain so many testimonials over the years. Why not keep sharing them? I even wrote out today and shared with my wife, baby, I've got to be more aggressive in my promotion of my good works. You know, shamelessly promoting. I have two written six books. I really do have hundreds of testimonials, amazing testimonials about the effectiveness of my ability to teach people how to sell themselves and their services. That's what I do. I'm the sales confidence coach. But there's a reason why people have been willing to write good things. I do have great testimonies from the Make-A-Wish Foundation and Jimmy V Foundation and organizations where I've been the speaker. I really do have it. Why not share that good news? Keeping it a secret to yourself is not going to be proper. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in that bubble too, where I kind of forget to share, you know, and, you know, I work with a lot of people. I do a lot of free coaching and consulting and, um, you know, I just forget, you just forget how amazing you are sometimes. And yes, that's the point. Yeah. Adults easily forget how amazing they are. They and do. a lot of times we need a reminder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We need well, a reminder. I keep trying to remind people like to remember to celebrate yourself and those little wins mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, it, make sure your community, right. The people around you um, celebrate you and, and you celebrate them and yep. um, just find the confidence with all the things. And so it's definitely hard though, as an adult, you know, you kind of, you've been bogged down from life's happenings and the circles you're in and the way society has run. But uh, for those of us who are really dedicated to living a fruitful life and then serving God and serving others, you know, I think a lot of us are starting to really pop up and show out. It's definitely been a, I think a time of a, you know, revelation and, and mm -hmm. uh, seeing what's not seen, shown and um, just feeling a lot more comfortable and sharing their gifts and abilities. And I think we're just in the rise of, of Christ-like mentality here. Yeah. And even if you're not comfortable, you know, doing it, but doing it, you, you, you get to be more comfortable. You know, there's this thing called um, a concept called the sin of the desert, the sin of the desert. See the sin of the desert, Lauren, that's when you know where the water is, but you won't tell anyone else. Mm. Or you know where the solution is and you keep it to yourself. The sin of the desert is the height of selfishness. What you're doing now, giving others a platform to share their good works, that's you sharing your water. Yeah. You're sharing your water. And if you can do that and you know how to do that and you have a skill at doing that, then it goes to you're supposed to, Lauren. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a reason why God gave it to you and didn't give it to me. Or didn't give it to somebody else. He says, Lauren, put it in your spirit. Do this, Lauren. So now you're supposed to. And if you don't do what you're equipped to do or prepared to do or have been trained to do, then you're not, I believe, and it's going to sound not pretty, but you're not honoring, honoring God. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. You honor him by doing good with what he's given you. 
Absolutely. No, I agree. And uh, I was just talking about it on my uh, Instagram channel about like gatekeeping, which is kind of what you're saying and trying to make sure that I share freely, you know, as well. Sometimes yeah. everything needs to be such a monetary transactional kind of thing. You know, sometimes you just gift the gift of knowledge and love and support freely um, as we always should as much as possible. And um, well, let me suggest something on that because I'm a sales coach. There are some things that you should do for free, that you're willing to do for free. Yeah. And I know what mine are. Okay. I'm willing to teach people how to tell their story about what they do. I want to teach people why others are willing to buy from them and what they're not. The seven reasons. I'm willing to do some basic stuff for free, but not everything. <laughs> I get okay? it. I get it. Because it took you some time and money investment and energy investment, blood, sweat, and tears for you to become that, to learn that. So I'm willing to share but I'm also won't rob anybody the opportunity to invest in themselves. Absolutely. You know, business, you can't do it. You must invest in yourself in order to win. So I give them an opportunity to invest in themselves. How long do we have on this podcast? What are we doing? Um, We still have, a, I have an hour spread out for everybody. Oh, I didn't know if it was a 30 minute or an hour show. Whatever runs, however long it runs, ultimately, I try to keep it around no more than an hour. Um, okay. Because um, I can really do some stuff now with more time. You gave it. To- <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> can I show how courageous do you feel right now? Uh, I mean, I'm always open for a good time. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to demonstrate some stuff with you. Okay. Is this you know, okay? I'm going to ask you four questions. Okay. You ready? Yep. This could be fun. <laughs> the first question. I want to put you in a scene. If you was at a live networking event and it was a good one, you're having a good time, you're meeting cool people there, having fun. And one of the cool people that you met at this good networking event, you know, I'm sure you've been to these things before. And one of them said to you, Lauren, what do you do for a living? In that scene, what would you say? Um, I support people in expanding their online presence, maximizing their opportunities and possibilities. And then I center and ground them um, to help elevate their business. Awesome. So that's question one. Okay. So question two, we're not at the networking event anymore, just you and I talk. Okay. (laughs) So question two is, Sister Lauren, who do you believe would pay for your services? Um, So... I would say my ideal client. <laughs> How do you choose uh, the answer is fine. Yeah. Anybody. Uh, look, well, I'm looking for spiritual uh, people who want to really dive deep into their souls, but then also help others by expanding through the process of online management of social media and graphic design and web development. So, Okay. That's question two. Okay. Question number three is, so once someone decides to hire you and your services and they pay you the money that you ask for and they're taking your counsel, they're doing what you suggest that they do, they're doing all those things, what do you call them? Um, say that one more. <laughs> I said once someone hires you and they pay you the money that you ask for and they're taking your counsel, they're doing what you tell them to do and all of that, what do you call those people? Um, a lot of times I actually just call them my friend. Your friend. Okay, cool. You don't say clients or something like that. I call them my clients. It just varies. I mean, a lot of times my clients are my friends. So yeah. Yeah. So that's question three. And then the last question, number four is, so Lauren, 
what business would you say that you are in? Uh, the service of, uh, the business of helping people. Business of helping people. Good job, my sister. Now, I'm going to pretend that I do what it is I think you do, okay? okay? And I know I do not know your business fully, okay? I'm, I'm going to have a lot of gaps Most in this, don't. Okay? Huh? <laughs> Most don't. Right. I know I don't, okay? But based on the little bit that I just gathered, I'm going to pretend I do what it is I think you're doing, and I want you to ask me, what do I do for a living? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you do for a living? You know how there are so many amazing thought leaders and entrepreneurs that really, really want to expand their reach and share what they do with the world, but they're kind of confused as to how to do it properly, how to use all these social media and website tools, how to make it work. But they want it to, but they're just confused about how to do it right. You know what I mean? I like right. it. Uh -huh. Well, what I do is actually make it easy for them to take full advantage of the technologies available to them. And I do it through my services, through my coaching, so that they can not only manage their presence and touch the people that they want, but actually earn significantly more money and have fun while doing it. That's I what I do. I love that. That was so great. I was, <laughs> was going to say, was it good or bad? But you said you love it. And it was great. Okay. Now, here's what happened there. You know what you do way better than I do. Mm -hmm. but I know how to sell it. And what I did was I used a story format, okay? And it took me less than 30 seconds and I took you on a journey. Yeah. Less than 30 seconds. When you asked me what I do for a living, the first thing I did was, you said, Brian, what do you do for a living? And I introduced a problem that my services solves and I got you to agree it was a problem first. Okay. And I invited you to agree and I said, you know how there are so many and because I don't know it as well as you, it took me two sentences instead of one. And they're, they're trying to be um, uh, uh, be seen, touch the markets, use all this stuff. They don't know how to do it. And because you understand the problem on a high level, it was easy for you to agree. You started nodding and you said, yes. The moment you agree on the problem that I introduced, that's the moment that you've metaphorically taken me by the hand. And now I can take you on a journey. So I got you to hold my hand. I took your hand because you were agreeing with my problem. And then I introduced myself as a solution. I said, well, what I do is, now here, I didn't tell how I do it. I didn't tell my process. I only said that I do it. I helped them to be seen through my, through my services, basically. And then I gave tangible benefits that they would want so that they can earn significantly more money and have fun while doing it. The story format helps them to see you as a resource and as a benefit. I love now, it. when I ask you your four questions, you only committed a couple of crimes. <laughs> <laughs> but the first crime I want to say that you committed, first off, was that good, the story format? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. We talk about it that in like BNI. Me. I mean, I was kind of on, on on the tip of my toes today with this, but in BNI, we talk about that too, like coming up and saying, you know, um, you know, the other day I was working with such and such and we were working. Here we go. Here we go. You were frozen uh, for a second. Oh, I no. said, was that journey through the story format, was that good for you? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was good. Okay. So now, the crime I thought you committed, the major crime I thought you committed when you answered those four questions, uh -huh. when, it was when I asked you, who do you believe would pay for your services? And you started off with anybody who. Now, I anybody. Huh? I changed it. 
Okay, good. Anytime you say anybody or everybody, it's an incorrect answer because not anybody or everybody is going to be a good fit for Lauren. And you don't want to work with anybody and everybody. You only want to work with people that fit with you and your personality. And you have a right to your personality. You have a right to your personality. You have a right to the way you work and the rate of speed at which you want to work. And only the people that can flow with your vibe should be your clients. For example, the racist white man who does not respect people of color and doesn't respect women business people at all, and he's kind of a bully, is that a potential good client for you? Definitely not. I've had a few of those. Definitely not. But he's a part of that anybody or everybody. So you don't want to work with anybody. You only want to work with the good fits for Sister Lauren because it's fit before fee. Yeah. Okay. And if you and I were in session, I would have you map out and write out your story. That's what we would have done. But that kind of thing is tremendously helpful, teaching people how to answer the question of what do you do for a living? And I'm willing to teach that tremendously helpful thing for free. That's what I do. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. We, like I said, in my BNI, we talk about that. You want to be very specific. You actually are told not to use anybody as well. You know, you want to say, I'm looking for CEOs of Fortune 500 companies that, you know, are looking to blah, blah, blah. And then you go into it. So we definitely, and then like, um, we talk about the story aspect too, about who you've helped, how you've helped them. I know mm-hmm. when I was looking for nonprofits, I had talked about a nonprofit that I had been gifted a grant to. So um, I like the reminder. I haven't had to really elevator pitch myself in a while. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of my clients really just come uh, from word of mouth, thank goodness. But um, yeah, that's a great Well, point. you're very, very easy to like. You're very easy to almost fall in love with. Uh, and I love my clients too. And I want to um, say this to you. Don't do any more elevator pitches ever. Okay? <laughs> no elevator pitches. I don't believe in them anymore. I'm a sales coach for 30-something years. I will win any pitch competition. Okay, I've judged dozens of them. College, pitch competitions, high school, in the sector. I've been a judge many, many times. Dozens I've been a judge. And I will win any pitch competition, but I don't believe in pitching. If I pitch a ball at you, what are you going to do? You're either going to dodge it or hit it or catch it or get hit by it. And none of those are things you want people to do with your offer. I don't believe in pitching. I believe in telling your story. My clients don't pitch. We tell our story. And what would you rather, someone pitch you or tell you a story? Tell me a story. That's right. And we know there's two types of people that love stories. One of them is children. Mommy, tell me a story. And the other type of person that loves stories is adults. And we know that's true because we watch stuff. We watch movies and TV shows. We read books. And we can't stand it if we don't know how the story ends. we got to know how the story ends. So to use that, I want to teach folks how to tell their story to earn their money. Okay? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Find that helpful. Yeah, it's very helpful. And I'm big on like, kind of like you said, telling a story and just building like really strong connections in your relationship, right? You know, like letting people get to know you before they're worried about what your business is. Um, So I appreciate that reminder to tell a story. Mm -hmm. And be careful with that, that knowing, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs stuck in that. Have you ever heard the concept of KLT, people do business with people that they know, like, 
and trust. Yeah. It's a principal tenet of organizations like BNI and all yeah. that. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you, and it's going to sound controversial to you, that that thought is killing your business. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. First off, it's an abbreviation. No, like, and trust is an abbreviation. And it comes from the original Greek formula that says people do business with people that they, uh, people do, first, they must like you before they can listen to you. They must listen to you before they can trust you. And they must trust you before they can buy from you. Okay. Mm -hmm. The problem with it, the no, like, and trust is people today have gotten so afraid of coming across as salesy, as if that's a bad thing, as they get stuck on the knowing and the like. They want to be known. They want to be liked. They want to be known. They want to be liked. And the Greek form says they only have to like you enough to hear your story. They don't have to like you enough to be in your wedding. Yeah. They don't have to like you enough to want to hang out with you all the time. Yeah. But today's entrepreneurs are so stuck in being like, like, like me, know me, that they never, ever, ever ask for business. They never ask for business. They'll do this. They'll, they'll showcase what they do. They'll introduce what they do. But yeah. they'll never ask for business. What they're hoping is when you when Lauren fully understands what I do and we're friendly and we like each other and she knows at some point Lauren's going to say to me, hey, Brian, can I hire you? Yeah. And that's low probability selling. By hoping by being known and liked that they'll ask for your business, that's low probability selling. What I teach people how to do is to say these words. Okay, if you believe you can help them to say these words right here, and this is going to be this is going to revolutionize somebody that hears this broadcast and change them. If I believe my service is going to be helpful to you, I want you to say these words, or you believe you could be helpful, say these words. Will you give my services a try? Will you give us a try? Yeah. Freaking gold. Doesn't hurt okay. to ask, right? That's the point. See, but KLT people are stuck and never asking. Most entrepreneurs never ask for business, and the ones that have had some sales training in the past or some confidence or courage, they will ask, but they'll only ask once or twice and then never again. Only the champions know how to ask the requisite number of times, but most entrepreneurs never ask at all, just by always resolving to always say, will you give us a try? Will you give us a try? Will you give my services a try? Will you give my system a try? Give them a chance to say no. Give them a chance to say yes. Most entrepreneurs deny them that. Okay. That whole diatribe I gave about KLT and, and not asking, did that make any sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely uh, see how they both kind of line up together. There is like aspects of the one that are important to keep moving forward, but you also mm -hmm. need to like add more to that statement. Yeah. What you would say. And so I definitely, um, I definitely agree with it. And I, uh, I'm getting into that space too, uh, promoting more of what I have and offering, um, an opportunity to work with me. And so it's, it's important, just like I said, just to ask, it's okay if they say no, you know, at least you tried. And the other thing is, you know, people right. back, it you is know? okay if they say no, yeah. but you got to give at least a chance to say no. And here's the beautiful thing. They won't say no. You know why? Because no is too final for most people they'll give other things except for the word no they'll say stuff like well let me consider it or i'll get back with you let's keep in touch and all that all of this stuff but not the word no so but you just have to still ask oh you know? yeah well and mm -hmm. then it creates opportunity because now even though that person said no they know what you do and they know you know you're open for work so then that's right. 
refer you out to other people should the opportunity come up for them to then refer you. And so um, it just becomes a revolving and open door um, for opportunity. You're in Charlotte still, right? I am, yes. Where is your being? Is your being at virtual or in person? Uh, it was, I'm not with it anymore, but it was in person. Okay. There's a bunch of virtual BNIs now I've seen. Yeah. Okay. No, I but, um, yeah, I am better at teaching people how to sell than anybody at a BNI. Okay. <laughs> That's what I do. Yes. Yeah. That's so, and, and I really believe it. You know, there's, a, I mean, I have more than 300 testimonials, more than 300 of them. That I could pull and showcase. Like I almost dare people, Lauren, to say, "Hey, do you have any testimonials or reviews I can read?" I'll send them ten pages if they ask for that, oh, and wow. I'll probably send them twenty video testimonials too. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong. That's great. You need people to know that you're good at what you do and you and what mm -hmm. services you offer. And so, um, you know, guys, if you're listening and you want a little bit of confidence and you want a little bit of tweaking and how to approach, you know, getting your business out there more and having confidence while doing it, I would definitely encourage you to talk to Brian. So, yeah, I offer a free consultation to um, a free selling you and your services. Now, I'm sales. OK, and I believe selling is a different discipline than marketing. Yeah. OK. Marketing is the creating awareness of to the right people at the right time, which is a critically important skill. Yeah. And selling is only the part about getting money in exchange for it. And it's also a critically success, important skill. But I do think they're different mindsets. So like people who think they're sales and marketing experts, you're one or the other. You're not both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely more just marketing. I'm not really. Yeah. And it's critical because you don't want to be a secret agent, you don't want to be awesome and no one knows you're awesome. You got to let people know. Okay. And then once they know, you got to know how to ask for the money. Yes. Okay. I do good workshops with marketing people, digital marketers, like co-workshops. We can do a webinar together where we do both. Like one of us speak for 30 minutes and another one will speak for 30 minutes or vice versa. How do we do it? And I bet if you and I do, it will rock. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sure we can definitely talk about that. I'm always open to <laughs> collaborating. So, yeah. uh, but Brian, did you have anything else you want to talk about today? Um, did you want to shout out the book one more time? Uh, uh, if I could, um, I'm going to take a quick journey through books and then we're going to call it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause I want to brag a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But the first book I wrote was called the shortcut. Okay. The fastest route to selling your services. This teaches entrepreneurs what to do with their time. What do you do on a Monday? What do you do on a Tuesday? If you just do what it says do, you'll have more clients next month. A lot of cake, very little frosting. The shortcut was first, but it doesn't cover how to close sales or overcome objections. So to that end, I wrote, asking for the money, how anyone can close more sales, even you. This, this book is longer than the shortcut, but it teaches you what to do before you ask for it for the money, what do you do when you ask for the money, what do you do if there's a little bit of resistance, what do you do if there's a lot of resistance, it teaches the best closes, all of that. This book infuses the reader with confidence when it comes to closing sales. And then I wrote a not just for children's book called Why Rhinos Make Great Salespeople. And then I wrote a workbook for the shortcut. And then I wrote Why Rhinos Make Great Entrepreneurs featuring Mr. Randall the Rhino. And this is in a classroom setting where he's He's kind of like going over, he's comparing characteristics of a rhinoceros with a great entrepreneur. Like rhinos have thick skins and entrepreneurs don't take things personally. 
you know, the great hearing, great vision, all that kind of stuff. It's really, really fun. But the last one is the one I'm here to talk about. 932, the nine most important words, the three most important skills, and the two most important questions from a loving father to his loving daughter. I love that. That's lovely. Yep. Well, congratulations on all your success and um, thank you and publications. I mean, I uh, you know I hope to be a published author at some time in my po- in my future, and I'm sure it will because Lord knows I'm always working on things. Um, but um, again, everybody, if you're interested in the book, uh, when you buy a copy, a copy goes to um, an, educ- an educator. Yep. Yeah, educator. And they can name the educator if they want, or we'll just pick one. Absolutely. And I love that. That's super great. And so what, when you, when I post this, it will be in the um, description on the actual podcast segment. Thank you. When I post it on social media, it will be there as well. And so um, Brian, I want to, is there anything else? Anything else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm going to say. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to keep gifting you guys an opportunity and space to be seen and heard and getting your medicine out there. And so it's a blessing for me to be able to have the space for you. And so um, I guess I'll touch back after I read your book and then maybe we'll have another conversation about it as well. Yes. Yes. I'm excited about you reading my book. Uh, And I'm going to want a picture of your pretty face holding my book, all of that. (laughs) Thank you. I will definitely do that for you. Of course, I love to promote everybody and all the things. So I will uh, make that happen. But to my listeners, uh, we look forward to you listening to this. And please feel free to reach out to Brian, grab a copy of any of his books, all of his books, as I might actually do the same. (laughs) (laughs) And then just touch base with both of us and let us know what you think. And so wishing you the best blessed day. We'll talk to you later.